0: Welcome to the big kickoff. It's our Zoom podcast. Uh, we're gonna get straight into it because there's no razzle dazzle here, it's all chat. (laughs) uh, UEFA, Dave, UEFA, they want teams in Europe next year on merit, but Spain have other ideas?
1: Yeah, so basically they came out and said they've urged associations and leagues to explore all possible options to play all domestic competitions, giving access to UEFA club competitions um, to their natural conclusion. So long story short, they don't just want leagues to be null and void and then go, right, we, the Spanish FA, uh, declare A, B, C and D, i.e. Atletico, Real, Barca and a, another. So I'd say with Holland, they'll probably have to do something like a playoff before the new European competition starts because they can't go back to... The previous leagues, allegedly. But Spain are looking at doing a coefficient if it doesn't go ahead, which conveniently will knock Real Sociedad out of it and then Atletico slip back in because they actually haven't been having a, a good season. So uh, there's a few clubs up and arms going typical now. They're, they're trying to look after the big boys as usual. Um, so it will be very much a watch this space. But look, and it's another chapter of the potential mess that's going to come over the next few months if, if and when potentially more leagues are going to start being scrapped. Yeah, do you
0: you think that they can, if if UEFA are looking for something, do you think that they can do their own thing or will UEFA put pressure, do you think?
1: I think UEFA put pressure. Like, as I said, some of the uh, examples that they used is that they could do certain potential playoffs before the new European competition starts. So maybe if they're, say, for example, the Premier League, like you've got United and I think, I don't know who was beside them, but they're only a couple of points off the top four. They might kind of go, hold on, Say it was voided, they might kind of go right. We'll do a playoff between third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, something like that. So at least, the, at the very least, it, it's yeah, whatever. I don't know exactly what we, what what's exactly going to happen, but your wife have suggested now it has to be on merits, it has to be true, actual, what's happened this season. So if it gets voided, they'll probably yeah. have to do some kind of a playoff system. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: in Spain, the, the footballers will undergo daily COVID-19 tests under a new protocol. For a return to training, uh, La Liga hopes to set this in motion from the second week of May. So, April the twenty eighth is supposed to be the first date. I believe that that's delayed now because they haven't got anything back from the, the government uh, yeah. to tell them to go ahead. With it. But there'll be three stages of training. There'll be the first one will be individual. Uh, a week later or something it's small groups and then a couple of weeks later then it's full team activities but it does stay from st- stage two squads will be obliged to live together away from their families until the league is completed so that's going yeah. to be restful enough for them as yeah, well isn't it
2: definitely. Mm. certainly is like you know like it's tough enough times as it is without pulling these lads away from their friends and families That it's probably the thing that's keeping them sane and that's keeping them yeah. all through these times you know
1: yeah, It'd be a bit like yeah. a, a World Cup style, won't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. like it, like it's easy for lads to come to training and get along, but it's it's a different ball game living together, isn't it? And then trying to live together, play together, keep that harmony in the group.
3: Mm. This also yeah. Roy, brings mental health into consideration as well. Does that yeah.
2: certainly? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I
3: Absolutely. mean, yeah. like Nathan says, yeah, it's all right, you know, getting a few guys together for a couple of weeks or whatever, as the case may be. Yeah, you, you know, you've got to consider how they feel about this. And like I said, I think this is going to bring up a lot of mental health issues in players as well. Yeah. Because, you know, let's face it, not just us at the moment as non-players, but players in particular, sport people are going through this at the moment as well. And, you know, do you not feel that that's going to put pressure, a huge amount of pressure, on players and again that then brings mental health into this discussion doesn't could, it an argument also Could you imagine um, say the Premier League's back and they're all living together could you imagine the clubs with,
1: in a relegation dog fight? and you have a game and you think a couple of lads aren't trying and then you have to go back to a hotel with them and go I'm going to kill this for tonight Like, you know what I mean that could happen you know what I mean you have to stick with them you let in that goal you're going to basically put us down you can't just disappear and get your head out around it and come back you literally have to live with them for a few days and go yeah that was me sorry lads
0: yeah very difficult for them if they have to finish off a league and then they're going straight into another season. So mm. how long is it indefinite? I wonder that, that they'll be away from their families. So that's where the mental health thing is going to kick in. harshly.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: again, the the reason they said the fans probably won't be able to ten games until Christmas, and if the league was annulled, it would cost them one billion euro. So there's the reason why they're taking them away from their families. So it's an Simple interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, the Dutch League, they've decided that, well, they didn't really decide. It was the the Dutch government who announced that all Spartan events would be cancelled until the 1st of September. So the Dutch League were the first major European side, league to cancel their league. And there'd be no champions, no relegation and no promotion. What do you make of that,
3: Peter? Personally, I, I, I'd, I'd be totally against it myself, you know, or... I can understand the Dutch government. They've obviously got their reasons for it. Um, As I mentioned last week, we as a country here in the UK, in particular speaking there, um, they're going to be governed by our government. True, I agree. But I just think, you know, no matter whether it's Dutch league, any league, personally, I don't think you can do that. Because at the end of the day, you're depriving sides of possible promotion. Um, All sorts of situations come into it. You know, If you want my honest opinion, I don't know why they do not go down, or they should have gone down the route of, uh, OK, if you're going to end a season, fine, but at least you come to a main conclusion. Yeah, it's not going to please everybody. We know that. Some clubs are going to benefit. Other clubs are not going to benefit. But to me, if you have a known Boyd, then who are you favouring? You know, you, yeah. you, you're not favouring any clubs at all. Are you really, truthfully? I mean, you know, you're just saying players have virtually started a season and they virtually finished it, what for? (laughs) You know, I I just think it's totally wrong. In my honest opinion, I don't know why they don't go down the route that I feel that eventually will come into the UK is you do stop a season and you say it's average points per game. It's as simple as that. And that includes relegation sides. And And I know admittedly some relegation sides are going to be really upset about it, true. But to me, that's the fairest way of doing this. If you cannot have time to finish it, you know, a league or such.
0: Yeah, I suppose there's all sorts of arguments. They could say, yeah, well, average points, but uh, we're known for finishing off a season great or some yeah, sort of something yeah, else there's yeah. got to be someone who's going to be
3: disgruntled so well obviously the button tree will anyway that's for sure well they will but I mean you know whatever the scenario you come up with you're going to have sides that are going to be grumpy aren't they and not very happy yeah. aren't they yeah, no, yeah. no matter what you do isn't it really Alan mm-hmm. is going to be delighted anyway yeah, yeah that's he that's will happy. It's <laughs> one happy man isn't it? We <laughs> <laughs> <That's the one, laughs> would think they were they that's seven days in the
2: league wouldn't
1: yeah because apparently he had to, he had to come out today and say uh, the survival bonus is nonsense. In other words, I'm not getting it because apparently some of the media got in at the weekend saying, oh, he's quid's in, he's done nothing, but he still gets the money. But he's like, no, it's nonsense. I'm not getting it. Move on. Like, you know. Uh, that
2: wouldn't have uh, like Lampardro at all, would it? He <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. always gets a lot, doesn't he?
0: Do yeah, he
2: yeah. does. And To <laughs> be fair to him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, does, he does a good dance anyhow so he's probably yeah. doing that now <laughs> Nathan Ajax win the league or not really win the league but they get the top Champions League spot because they finished ahead on goal difference uh, AZ Alchemar go have to go into playoffs for the mm-hmm. Champions League but they were on the same amount of points though, so right harsh enough but you're listening mm-hmm. in the Champions League but it's the likes of Feyenoord who are on 50 points, PSV 49. There's Willem Twey and Utrecht. Willem Twey are on 44 points, get the Europa League. Utrecht don't. They have a game in hand and better goal difference. So they miss out on, on European uh, football just because they didn't get to fill one of their games in. Maybe they wouldn't have won it, but it does have the things where people are going to feel unlucky. And of course, Cambo, who are 11 points clear in the second division, their head coach, Henk de Jong, says feels like it's the greatest disgrace in Dutch sport and it is unworthy of sport. So there's going to be a lot of people sulking about it for yeah, quite uh, a long
2: time. Around
0: Europe.
2: Yeah, it's always going to be plenty of controversy against a decision like this. i only saying that uh, Azel Alkmaar came out and publicly slammed the decision just on the judgment of the of the the places the European places. He just came out, said that, like, what well, I think they are nine goals behind on goal difference. That's all that's separating them yeah. and Iaks. Yeah. So that's what they say like it's it's uh, there's a lot of uncertainty now for next season on the European spots that they just they really publicly have not been happy about. Yeah.
0: Just say with you, Nathan, for this one, Roy Keane urged players at the top Premier League <laughs> club to <laughs> stick to their guns and refuse to pay pay cuts. Since the, since the Premier League players have come under fire with uh, Health Secretary Matt Hancock, he suggested that they should take a wage cut and do their bit. Roy Keane's having none of it. What do you think, mate? <laughs>
2: um, I think Roy Keane likes to talk, doesn't he? Hey, Jesus <laughs> Christ, every day it's something new. I think this really comes off the back of uh, Mesut Ozil rejecting the 12% pay cut that Arsenal um, proposed to the players. And this is he really seems to be taking the back of Ozil, saying that why should these players be taking a pay cut if they have billionaire owners uh, running the club that can afford to pay the players and that, that these billionaire owners aren't taking any cuts themselves. So I think that's what I really does seem to come off the back of, that he's just defending the players, saying that in his time with Manchester United and Nottingham Forest, that Kane himself has seen the, uh, the cutthroat nature of the sport. So this it's really this is what seems to be the catalyst of this of, uh, of a a rant for this week. Yeah, he to get in. He I mentioned doubt.
0: he mentioned that when he was asked to leave Manchester United, that David Gill and Alex Ferguson gave him the poor mouth about not being able to pay them for his, yeah. his full contract and. And so that shows you the nature, even with loyalty and a club that is supposed to be one of the richest in the world, or if not the richest in the world, they will always pour them out and try and take it away from you. So does he not have a point then, David, that, you know, players should look after themselves?
1: Uh, Listen, he's obsessed with that as a manager. And uh, I I know personally people who have spoken to him and when he's given advice is get whatever you can. You're a piece of meat. Get it, grab it and run with it. So I'm not shocked by it, but at the same time, football clubs, whether people like it or not, are not as big as we all think they are. They're small, and probably only Man United are a medium-sized business. Because when you think of the greater scheme of things, they're not that big. Most of what they earn, they spend. They don't make a lot of money every year. So every the, every month that this is going out, I think one of the clubs mentioned that they're missing out on 10 million pounds a week on revenue. So if that goes for three months. That's 120 million they're missing out on. You know what I mean? So, some clubs will have to ask players for a pay cut and they're going to have to take it. Let's face it, we're probably all going to be in the same boat. We were all in the same boat, say, 10 years ago. A few people, we all had to take cuts or we lost our job. It's, it's the same for football. But the really, really big boys will survive. And I'd say that's probably where he is. A bit like what Nathan said, it's a bit more on the lines of the Meza Ozil piece, I'd say. Because I'd say from the bottom half down, yeah, if the lads have to take a pay cut, it's because they probably bloody have to. But up the top, I'm sure they can swing it for another bit longer.
2: Yeah, so now Aston Villa uh, recently their players took a cut, didn't he? 25% yeah. pay cut, which is yeah. much more than what Arsenal uh,
0: was being asked yeah. to take. Yeah, but that's been. The, the, this is what I want to. Uh, I'm going to put this to Peter. This is uh, Aston Villa have deferred 25% of their wages for four months. Arsenal was 12.5% deferred. But there was conditions put on that. So if they didn't finish in a certain position, they weren't getting that money. Chelsea can't agree on, on the percentage with the players. The players are looking at around 10%. The club are looking at about 30%. But if they're putting, they're talking about the fair and wages, Peter, and then uh, it's, it's all got to do with conditions on league finishes and how they do in cup and European places... Should the players stick their heels in and say, listen, I have a contract with you for four years, Uh, you won't see me after that. Uh, Should I be getting my wages?
3: It's difficult, Roy, isn't it? I mean, you know, first of all, you've got to put yourself in a player's position. Um, I know it's the old cliche, but footballers don't have lives of 30 years. True, they only have a set time, which is understandable. And just quickly going back to Roy King's point, I can see where he's coming from because at the end of the day, he would have been in the same position, you know, if, if the roles were reversed sort of thing. So I can see that. But at the end of the day, I think realistically, going back to David's point, footballers have got to learn now, like all clubs are learning, that, as Dave said, you know, football, yeah, it's a big business. We know that. But how many clubs realistically can call themselves real big boys and make lots of money? As Dave said, the answer is there's very few. And of course, we're going to be in a situation now where I think it's all down to individual clubs concerned about what they want to do with players. Yeah, the players, understandably, I think most of them are going to turn around and say, quite right, well, you know, we've signed a contract. This is what you should be paying us. But on the other hand, they've got to step back now and, and think to themselves, we're going to be in an economic situation now, and these players are going to be the same that in the next few months, transfer fees are going to be entirely different than what they were six months, 12 months ago, whatever the case may be. It's going to affect them as well, remember? That's the way you've got to look at it. So, (laughs) yeah, I can see their point, but realistically, I think they've got to be in a situation now where they've got to sit down and, and think of how everybody in the world is having to work at the moment. You know, you or I are going to be in the same position. You know, we can't go to our governors, can we, and say, look, look, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm not having this because, um, um, you know, the answer quite simply is going to be, well, I'm sorry, it's either that or goodbye. And these yeah. players, if they think that, well, you know, that's fine, but you know, I've got a contract, and if you're not going to do do this, then I'm off. And if they think they're going to start getting easy moves somewhere with big transfer fees, Simple answer is that ain't gonna happen, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll move on. We'll come back to transfers
0: in a minute. We'll stay with you, Peter, for a second. Tell yeah. us about the the cricket season and the new dates. And is that really a new date that is just hopeful?
3: Uh, first of all, I think the new date is very hopeful, Roy. Um, it's been put back now until the earliest start of the first of July. And to answer your question, I think it's very, very doubtful, even the first of July. Um, obviously the championship is going to be shelved, in my opinion, this year. The, the 100, they're still adamant they're going to try and squeeze this in, but realistically, I don't think they're going to happen anyhow. It's going to be all down to the blast, but when can they start it? You know, There's talk about having it behind closed doors, as I've been said before. Yes, that could happen, but that's in my opinion, I don't think it's going to happen in July. It may happen later on in the season, yeah. If things improve in the United Kingdom, and that is the big proviso, if things improve in the United Kingdom, then I think there is a possibility of a chance. International-wise, again, there's talk now of uh, having the West Indies, who were going to be touring over here in June, but obviously that's now been put off, at some point having a series that could be played at somewhere like the Aegeus Bowl, because they've got a hotel there. Also, a couple of other grounds where they have facilities for hotels. So, therefore, you could play them behind closed doors on the proviso that, A, the players want to play. B, the officials also are quite happy and they feel it's safe to do so. And, of course, a load of other situations. You know, you've got to have security. You've got to have, most importantly of all, you've got to have medical attention there and at this stage at the moment for obvious reasons the nhs and people like that who provide medical attention i think to be perfectly frank uh, a cricket and all sport is going to be lost on their mind at the moment yeah yeah sorry right just one yeah. sec mate if you don't
1: mind just a quick one on the county scene cuz i'm not too clear in the background what are counties financially okay to to miss a potential season like or will they be propped up
3: or what way does it work <laughs> Simple answer, uh, David. No, no, they're not. I mean, I I heard today, um, I've got the paper in front of me, literally, if there was no cricket at all this season, you are talking combined losses, this is for a whole summer, of £85 million. Exactly. You go all. Now, we're not talking football, we're talking cricket now. £85 million is a huge amount. Lancashire, Warwickshire and uh, Yorkshire they would share something like £60 million of that purely in debt as well. All the counties would would be in a huge financial problem. It really would. You know, this is why you know, we're talking football we're talking Premier League. I know we have done in the past but certainly even with cricket wise it's going to affect them so, so badly. I mean You know, they will try and do something to get some form of cricket. But the problem is in the T20, the Blast, for instance, you play that behind closed doors. It's great for the television companies, yeah, but the counties won't make anything out of it because the Mm. revenue from ticket sales, more importantly, food and drink sales, is astronomical. If I tell you Surrey every time they have a 2020 match, and believe you me, they're all sold out, Ages in advance, they make virtually 200,000 every single game. Multiply Mm. that by eight, nine games. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? And that's just a T20. You know, that gives you an idea of financially wise, it really could crucify an awful lot of clubs. Yeah.
0: Well, and it probably does look unlikely that it's going to happen for them because I mean if they're, they're so reliant on crowds and Premier League and Spanish Leagues and all are thinking there's not going to be any crowds for the rest of the year that could be the end of their season and maybe a few of them struggling just to go on I'm going to move on to uh, we go to Nathan with Phil Neville he's after well he will be leaving the yeah. English ladies team uh, what do you know about it and what's your thoughts?
2: Um I know that was a bit of a disaster really he, he seemed to peak uh, I think he came fourth in the Women's World Cup I think that's, that yeah. seemed to be the peak of his managerial career he got off to a nightmare start, didn't he With uh, there were some controversial tweets were made pretty public I think a couple of days yeah. in, into, into his managerial reign, which really put him on the back foot from the wood go, a lot of people wanted to see him fail and fail badly I don't think he's failed to that extent now but I think it's, it's been a pretty tough one, especially uh, I think last eleven games they've they've lost seven times. So yeah, yeah, Since the World Cup, like it's just been downhill pretty quick for them. So, I think yeah, the importance been on the wall really for a while, hasn't
0: it? Yeah, Peter, just on that because uh, you're a bit closer to the ground over there. What's been said about Phil Neville over there? Is it because of the results, or is it as Nathan suggested there that? Maybe he got off on the bad foot, and that's always still been lingering there.
3: Well, remember, he he went into this job with no manager experience, did he? As well, that's what you have got to remember. But most yeah. importantly of all, he's he's had a diabolical last year or so, hasn't he? Really, I think I think uh, Nathan right, I think he's lost seven out of the last eleven games, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Well, if you're whether you're an England manager or a, a football manager, you know that's sackable form, isn't it? It's as simple as that. Yeah. So. You know, it hasn't surprised anybody down here, to be honest with you, uh, Roy. Everybody was expecting it to be announced. Perhaps the timing might have been a little bit different, true. But at the end of the day, no real surprises as such. And I think, you know, to his, to his credit, he's, he, he did reasonably well up to a point. But like I said... You know, any manager is just governed on recent results, aren't they? Forget about the past. It's it's generally down to results. And let's be perfectly honest, guys. You know, having watched the ladies quite a few times, they haven't really performed, have they? To be honest with no. you, in, in the last few competitions. So, unfortunately, you know, I think it's a foregone conclusion. It was a question of, yes, he will be going. As of when, that was probably the only doubt more than anything.
1: And there's yeah. no surprise that this is happening now with the fact that uh, I think it's Jill Ellis who's the American right. coach yeah. who's free and available and obviously yeah. born in Portland, as we know, a million times over, they've been saying it the last week or two. So I'd say there's, they've been batting the islands towards her as well. Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: that's true. Uh, yeah. Dave, do you think that, because I, you know the way I've thought about managers hanging around for a year before they're going to leave. 100%. Is Phil Neville going to go quicker than that?
1: Um possibly I wouldn't be surprised like eh, they've already well they've qualified for the euros, which is in 2022 because it's in England. Next year is the Olympics that he's going to be the manager. It's like it's going to be friendlies, and then a major tournament where the majority is going to be English. there will be a few uh, Welsh and Northern Irish and Scottish I'm sure, I'm sure. but i I'd say if Jill Ellis is very in- interested, I wouldn't be surprised if they pay him off to be honest yeah, and give, and give her a yeah, good one. she's got two full years I can't,
0: I can't see I can't see that last and if people have lost any faith in you yeah. well yeah. What, what are you sticking around for stay yeah. with you Dave the Ryder Cup talk about it being played behind closed doors <laughs> it's a whistling straits this year what's your <laughs> thoughts on
1: that like we all know we talked about golf last week Normal four-day four tournament, you could probably get away with it. I think it's the one tournament, like, it'd be very hard to watch for the three days without Us and the ads. Like, there's a there's a guy in the middle of a 15 fairway, and he's about to hit a shot, and you hear a roar, and you're going, where was that? Where was that? Who was that? And you know there's a big putt from somewhere. It's all part and parcel of the game. McIlroy's been out. Harrington's been out. stricken take a pick. They've all been out, and they've kind of said, we don't want it as a, as the players. Um but as has been said on a few occasions with the European Tour, they're a little bit desperate for this because they three out of four years, they lose money. Um, uh, they barely break even in the year it's in America, and then they make money in the year it's in Europe. So they'll be kind of desperate for something to happen if they could. But for you or I, it would definitely... It, you'd love to see the Ryder Cup, but there's only one way, and that's with the fans. Simple as that, in my opinion, for me.
0: Yeah, no, I can't see. I can't see it being played. It's the fans make it, and yeah, there's no, there'll be no atmosphere. It'd be dead flat, and you, and you won't, won't get the right. same out of the players either. No, no, you won't. You won't so get the same it, out of the players. It, it, it should be a no go. Nathan, we'll go to a bit of transfer talk. There's talk in the Spanish press saying that Everton have made a loan move for Brazilian Coutinho to come back to Merseyside, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the the better half. What do you
2: think of that? <laughs> um, it uh, suits everything, doesn't it? It really does. But um, is it, it possible? To... No, no, not not with his Liverpool <laughs> connections. No, I don't think so. I think uh, if he's going to go and like if he's going to go back to the Premier League, I think it's Liverpool to Liverpool or even to you a, like, a club like Manchester United or something. I can't see him going to Everton. I know Liverpool and United are big rivals, but I can't see him going back to Nick Murray's side to play for Evan. Could go to Newcastle. Yeah, They're talking no. about Newcastle last week. You never know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's highly possible if they get the right manager in. Yeah. Uh, with the t- transfers, there's also talk about William, who's in talks with Liverpool at the moment. Uh, Peter, possible, not possible. It's all very hard at the moment, as you said. You don't know what sort of finances are out there, but some yeah. players are going to have to go somewhere, and some teams are going to have to get some players.
3: Yeah, true, true. You're right. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, no. Um, even from a Liverpool point of view, you, you know, I know Liverpool fans would probably think, well, do we really need a guy like that? You know, to be to be honest. So, but, you know, it could come off. But I still think it's a question now. It's going to be finances, isn't it, for all these clubs, more than anything, you know. What's going to be in the budget? Um, are players going to start coming up with ridiculous transfer? Amounts of money, with fees wise, you know, it, 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 the clubs now could be in a situation where, say, you know, no, we're no, we're not going to pay that sort of money. It's over to you. You know, <laughs> what does the player and the agent then do? You know, drop the price, try somewhere else, or whatever. So, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, the, the big news down here in the UK is uh, there's a lot of talk. It could come off. I don't know. It depends. I know Arsenal fans won't be happy. They might well be uh, selling their main asset as well, <laughs> their big goal scorer, mm. Ab- Bam-Yang. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that seems to be the hot talk over in the UK at the moment. I know I spoke to a lot of Arsenal fans and they say, well, if we sell him, then that's it, forget it. You know, A, where the goal's going to come from, B, it just shows you that the club are not going to be ambitious. Uh, which I think is two value points there, more than anything else as well. So yeah, I think there's, there's a
0: big, there big is a tricky situation. There, tricky situation there, Peter, because he's only got one more year left in his contract. Yeah. So they either they either get him to sign a new contract, or they have to sell him because you see yeah. what happened to Christian Eriksen this year when he was gone his last year. There was that the interest wasn't there, the level wasn't there, so they might as well have sold him in the summer.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, you know, to be fair, you're right. I, I, I go along with that. That's true. It is an awkward situation, isn't it? As, as you quite rightly say, you know, what do the club do? I, I, I fully go along with that. But, and then of course, the problem is you sell a guy like that, you, you really need to replace quality with quality. There's yeah. no use selling a guy like that and, and going out and getting someone who's not quality. And I've always been yeah. a firm believer. Good clubs who do good transfer business are the ones, yeah, that do sell a good asset, but they replace that asset with equal quality. And that's difficult, isn't it? That's really difficult. And also, if you replace it with equal quality, the fans will forget about how good the guy was, (laughs) wasn't he, the previous guy? They're they're, they're warm to somebody like that, won't they, as well? Yeah, yeah. No, of course,
0: it's not that easy to get them in, though. Although they They do have Martinelli. Martinelli, who's there, who has, who, has, who has done very well since he's been there. So maybe maybe they see something in him. Uh, Dave, let's talk a little bit of fancy football here, talking about Liverpool. Mane, more than likely, is going to get the Real Madrid treatment over the summer. There's a lot of talk yeah. about it. seems to not be going away. But uh, there's been Mbappe talk. Is this just paper <laughs> talk? The hell papers.
1: Klopp has talked to his dad. It's done and dusted. 175 million. He's talked to his dad. I was talking to a fella down the road this morning. He heard it 15 other lads. It's happening, lads. No, Be ready. <laughs> you know, I've i seen the headline in um I can't even remember what it was. One of the silly websites when you're on social media and clicking here. But apparently Klopp has spoke to his father and are willing to pay up to 175 million for Mbappe. So there you go. And Timo Werner. So yeah, there's another probably 100 and odd million. So yeah, we're 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 grand. You know. It's crazy But there's going to be So much rumours But
0: just Just on Just on the Liverpool thing Because they're going to You can't stay
1: With the same players They are are going to have to Change one or two Aren't they? 100% Like Just very briefly On the Willian thing I'd say he'd be very much uh, To help with the squad He wouldn't be In a starting front three But he'd definitely Come in a little bit If somebody like him Was to come in He's 32 now so I'd say, listen. We'll give you twenty, thirty games a season, maybe. But I'd say that's what he'd be. But there's the big rumors are Mbappe, which potentially are nonsense. But I'm sure Liverpool are at that level now that they can go after these type of players. But who's to say? Um, but this team of is the one that's really kind of gathering momentum on local Liverpool papers and media and all of that. They are quite advanced on it. But listen, they they've been they've been further down the road with many other players and it never happened. So. I never get too excited, but when you start to hear the same rumor over and over again, you slowly start to think that's who they're obviously talking to. If you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, I Well, some of them will will shine through. Dave, NFL, yes. could 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 the NFL draft come into uh, the Premier League? Oh, um, would, it be, um,
1: would it be fun? Listen, uh, yeah, it'll never happen. Let's face it. You know, we we like our traditions and stuff like that, but. That would be fun seeing, say, 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 the season finished and Leeds came up this year and they got the first pick and Liverpool obviously got the last pick. You know it would be fun and who's to say what had happened? But yeah, it's high it in the sky, but it would be a bit of crack. But no, never going to happen.
0: So <laughs> the the NFL draft was on. One thing it definitely gave us was an insight into all their houses. There was a few weird ones <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> with uh, antelope on the wall, etc. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but even uh Roger Goodell was good crack. He kept doing a few costume changes. He kinda went with it and kinda entertained everyone, even though he knows he's the kind of pantomime villain. And they even still somehow managed to get booze into the sound system at him because anytime it's on in New York, like just the fans give him an awful time, you know. It's a bit like Eddie Hearn in the boxing, you know. <laughs> but uh yeah, Joe Burroughs got drafted number one at quarterback with the Bengals. Um, unbeaten this year, fifteen you know, they won the national championship at Louisiana State. So there was no surprise there, and then Ohio State had number two and number three. Uh, Chase Young as defensive end, he went to the Redskins, and Jeff Okuda is a cornerback who went to Detroit Lions. So I think the top five or six, by looking at most of the experts who really know what they're talking about, said it was fairly straightforward. Um, but it was entertaining nonetheless, considering it was all done from the, the 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 confines of everyone's homes.
0: Yeah, and those talk of them maybe. Looking down that line next year again, just because it was a, of the entertainment value that was w- within the yeah. you know the family and exactly. what have you, yeah yeah because um, they
1: were sitting on couches with all the family and all
0: yeah it was a bit out there, <laughs> yeah. Peter, I've seen. I know you you've a a, a a closeness to woking. I see woking have a a new strip out. Can you talk to us about that?
3: Yeah, well, next season they they're going to do something that. I don't think any other club has done before. I could be proved wrong. Actually, correct me if I am wrong. Um, basically, for twenty-five pound, you can not only buy the new strip, which, by the way, is a very nice design. It has to be said, home and away one, but you can actually have your name put on it as well. Um, it's a, it's a bit like. Uh, buying a piece in the programme, you know, putting your name in a sponsorship in the programme. But this is different. They're actually going to have your name in the new shirts for, I think, for £25. For £50, you can have something else done, etc. And for, like, I don't know, £500, I think you can have the whole works virtually. Um, it is, it's, it's a good incentive. It's gone down really well with the fans. It was announced on um, yesterday at 5.20, which would have been the last day of the National League season. Um, which would have been their last game, incidentally, against Barrow, who were leading the division at the time. So they decided to make a big thing of it. And as I said, the general opinion so far from Woking fans and also from fellow non-league fans in football world has been really encouraging, actually. So I think it's good, you know, I spoke to the Woking manager this week and he said, already, Woking are thinking long-term. You know, they've forgotten about the season. Forget that, it's all been written off now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start concentrating on next season. Let's start getting the word out. You know, let's start getting fans involved. Let's start getting money in. Let's start speaking to businesses. Let's start speaking to the community as well. So it's a success already, yeah, and I think it will just grow. And, you know, general opinion has been wonderful, yeah. Yeah, It's a PR opportunity, idea. isn't it? It's what, sorry, don't. No? It's a great PR opportunity, like for the smaller
1: Absolutely. clubs. And say even, and say even over here in the League of Ireland. Do you remember when we were all stuck in a house for two or three weeks? Well, or two or three months? Well, you know, down the road for fifteen quid, you can get in and watch top football, like you know. And I'm sure it's the same for Woking and anywhere else in that level. And it'll be the same over here in Ireland. And it could be a great chance to get people back in, in the, in the, in the in, through the gates of the smaller clubs. Yeah,
3: yeah, very much so, very much so.
0: Good. Yeah, no, it's different, than You need to think outside the box, and, and we have a team over here called Bose, and they've been doing that quite well uh, over the, the last few years. Nathan, uh, any stories
2: that sprang to your mind that you thought were interesting this week? Um, obviously, we've, we're touching on the League of Ireland with um, St. Pat's, Are the latest club now to announce uh, the temporary laying off all our players and coaches? Yeah. yeah. So, which yeah, is, yeah. I pretty, I think it's a lot of other clubs are gonna follow suit now. Pretty soon, it's the best. It's it's a sensible way forward, really, isn't it? You hate to see like yeah. now lads getting laid off, but with the current climate, the current situation, it's the only really option that these clubs have with very little income yeah. coming in.
0: Yeah, and again, we have a start date in June, I believe. June nineteenth. It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's very hard to see can clubs survive without having crowds in? I know there was an announcement made that there may very well be allowed to have crowds of anything below 5,000, but I don't see how that's going to work if 5,000 is too much and 4,999 is okay. So <laughs> there's maybe maybe just a bit of talk there from a few idiots in the government and they don't really know what they're going on about. Yeah, Dave, any stories to- that you caught during
1: the week that interested uh, you? Did you all see the video of Roy Keane still managing to make people feel uncomfortable? Did you see him with Dave Jones the other day in the barber situation and the whole beard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Just yeah. brilliant. Still, and, and, and even Carragher and Neville just sitting there real quiet like skillboys and as soon as they got a chance, like oh, you're a bit nervous, Steve,
3: aren't you? He goes, <laughs> yeah. it's all right, he's 200 <laughs> yeah.
1: miles away. But uh, he still <laughs> managed to make them feel like that size. But just briefly, yeah, uh, Tony Bellew still has a bit of bite in him. Did you see uh, Celebrity SAS last week? No. So basically, the very first day, there's a few fruit bats in it. Jordan's in it. I don't know how she's going to survive. Um, Joey Essex and a few others. But anyway, they bring them into this kind of little uh, castle ruin, and there's a square, and you can see the, uh, the headgear and the boxing gloves, and it's like, right, get into a, a line who you think is the strongest and gradually walk your way down to the weakest person so Tony Belly was up near the front so of course he, they brought him into the circle and they got four or five of the girls to come in at one time and just go at him so that was grand he was able to survive he said one of the girls got him with a little slide dig around the ear he said it pinched a little bit but he said he was grand went back out then they brought him back in and then I think they added in I don't know which other guy and then John Fashionew as well as the girls and there were six of them but the whole time you could see him go, come on there, come on, he's getting really antsy. And John Fashney was getting a bit too close and all of a sudden, bump. he just went in, gave him a good nudge to get back. Uh, it was brilliant. So you could still see it, he has it in him, but the lads were jumping on him straight away, control, control. But typical uh, fighter in him, he just, he, as he said himself, all I'm used to is getting punched in the face. And he said, it was like I was there again and ready to go. So yeah. I would watch it, it for one, him alone. Lads- Ah yeah, like Joey Essex is is as fit as a butcher's dog. He is super fit. But hopefully his the top six inches of his body will get into the end, I don't know. But <laughs> uh but uh yeah, fa- Fashion is there, I haven't seen much of him yet, so he should be interested. John Fashion and obviously yeah. Tony Belly is there, so I'm kinda of looking looking forward to seeing his side of it. Yeah, that's a, 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 a tough that. cookie. I think fashion yeah, is a tough cookie he,
2: himself, he, isn't he? Like yeah,
1: yeah, I can't remember what martial art he was in. Obviously, he's black belt. I, I, I don't, it's I don't know his karate or, I think it's karate. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, he he should be well able. So we wait and see. It's up in the, the very, very far, uh, up in the outer and inner Hebrides, up in the north of Scotland. So yeah, they're they're definitely getting wet and wild. Okay.
0: Well, we keep an eye on that. What station is that?
2: Uh, Channel Four
1: Monday night, nine o'clock, I think. Oh.
2: It's the same with your man and Middleton, is it? Uh, he, he, yeah, yeah, Santa, I'll do. yeah I think, like yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Same yeah. two or three SES
0: boys, yeah. Yeah, cool, they're crap. really good. Some of them shows. All no, right, Peter, have you had to finish off with? Is there anything there that you uh, you haven't mentioned?
3: No, not really. No, I mean, I find it difficult to follow David's story, to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's nothing really like that down here in England, I must admit. No, no, no. It's all. Um, yeah, all very quiet in that aspect of it. Though I think I've touched on whatever I've let you know about this week. Actually, Roy, beyond you so. <laughs> Brand, Listen, I'm just going to give you one more question. So far, I need a, I need a sports
0: channels, so I start with you, Peter, since I put you on the spot there. I need a sports channel. So far, who has been the best sports channel, being inventive was because we're, there's a few of them that we're seeing a lot of repeats.
3: <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> um, oh, oh yeah. you have put me on the spot, Roy. I tell you, um, it's difficult to say, really, because I, I suppose the only one I've really enjoyed is BT Sport. Um, down here in England, BT Sport, we've got mainly because of they've been showing a lot of old, in my case, cricket matches that you know I remember when I was a young lad, like you know, vaguely, but now it's all coming back to me. And they've been trying yeah. things that had Channel 9, you know, like with Richie Benno and people like that. And, and yeah. you know, I, I loved Richie Benno when I was a young kid sort of thing. But now you get to see all these sort of our highlight packages put together, yeah, and you, you realise how good some of these commentators were and how bad some of these players were also as well. You know, it's, it's an interesting combination. It really is. So I'd have to give the award so far. Keep at it, please, to BT Sport. To,
2: Nathan, um, my winners would be the channels that we only get it in Ireland. Uh air sports as a League of Ireland fan, it's it's really yeah, okay. it's giving me my fix. You can get a lot of the old uh, League Cup finals. You you have a, a little mini series? They only go on for about Five minutes each episode. Called uh Humans of the League of Ireland. It looks like you know fans with a with like a different story to tell and a unique story to tell. So I, I enjoy that now as well. But the, the cup finals okay. that, that are getting me through, uh, getting back to the happier days of Pats, sitting in my Go sky Dave. in the front room. <laughs> um,
1: sky are struggling because I've watched the Ryder Cup, every Ryder Cup from '91 about 17 times. Um, Europe won a lot of them, just in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Eurosport, I'm struggling with Eurosport because I've seen the World Climbing Championships about four times now. <laughs> if you're watching it for more than 10 minutes, that's when you know you're in trouble and you need to yeah, get out of I'm loving every, every Saturday afternoon at around quarter to two, two o'clock. Um, BBC are doing like a rewind. Um, mm. Over the last three weeks, two of them have been a World Cup rewind, but one of them was an FA Cup rewind. And uh, yeah, just a classic game from way, either in the 60s, 70s, the last the World Cup just gone. But they're just great games. And you kind of go, Jesus, we were blessed, if you know what I mean. But yeah, kind of the nostalgic ones. I'm kind of enjoying them. And then the little very, very vague Snippet of Belarus League On Sky Sports News Every morning <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think so, yeah. I, 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 I agree I haven't looked at BT Sport I don't have BT Sport I did have it But I got rid of it I got rid of Sky Sports As well Because it, it was Very repetitive And mm. There's no yeah. point That they don't have Premier League So uh, I, Sky Sports News Has been hugely disappointing Bad football show up to be on At 9 o'clock In the morning It's repeated every 15 minutes. So they've been fairly poor. I thought they would be better. I thought they'd be more inventive. Virgin Media in Ireland, they have uh, repeats of Champions League games and Europa League games over the last couple of years because that's the only games that they had probably the rights for. So We're seeing Liverpool and Spurs uh, repeatedly and Manchester City and Spurs repeatedly. But BBC, I think, have been very, very good with, as you said, the, the retro games. There were some retro World Cup games, three of them in, a, in, a, in, a, in an hour sort of uh, programme, and they'd be all classic games. But they're also showing the, some great snooker games from the World Championships. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh,
1: that should be on I now, give, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I, who do I give it to? I, I actually think, and I've always thought, I think BBC are probably standing out as the best, just because maybe they have all that behind them, though, all the, the retro stuff.
1: Just a shout-out then for TV. Unfortunately, you don't have this channel, Peter. It's an Irish-speaking uh, language uh, channel we have over here called TG4. They're starting to show from Friday night some classic Ireland matches in the World Cup. Um, now, in this instance, it's not a classic match, but it is a classic match the fact that it was our first World Cup game. It was Ireland-England in 1990. Not the greatest game, but still, for nostalgia greens, being the first one, that's on this Friday night. And lastly, has anyone watched the Chicago Bulls yet on the Last oh, Dance on no. Netflix, yeah. I
2: was going to start oh, watching yeah. tonight. No. No. I've been too busy watching the, uh, the yeah. Aaron Hernandez uh,
1: documentary. Oh, on ho, ho. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. But yeah, it's very well worth it. Not going to say much. Um, two episodes are out last week, and I think there's another two out from tomorrow. Very much watch it. And Scottie Pippen, oh my God, did he get shafted. Yeah,
0: Seven-year contract,
1: only $18 million. Oh. And he was like probably arguably fifth or sixth best player. And he was the hundred and twenty-first highest paid player in the NBA for seven years and even the owner told him don't sign the contract and he still signed it Uh, mental but
2: uh, yeah well worth it well worth it going to give it a watch
1: right we're going to have to wrap
0: it up there lads we will talk again next Sunday it's a pleasure as usual Uh, have a listen out some of uh, Peter's and Nathan's articles on the com have been excellent so keep an eye out for them Dave and myself will be back again here next week And every week we're praying for that little bit of good news to spark us back into life. As always, lads, a pleasure and thanks very much.